Hello and welcome to Bam Pow at the Movies. We are here for Marvel Movie Marathon number seven. Did you just make up Man. that number or are and you it's like certain so it's seven? Right now. I'm reasonably confident <laughs> that it's seven. It's six. Avengers was five. Was it? Yeah, bud. I've heard it both ways. Oh no, Avengers was six. It is seven. This is seven. I apologize. No, you know what you have to do. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, Captain... Thor, Captain America, Avengers. You now have to tell me I was right. I just said I was sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I need to hear the words. You were right, Kenneth. Oh, thank you. So let's move on. <laughs> so I am your host, Kenneth, who is often right. Oh, and my God. Around the table, we have often wrong Monica and reasonably right Beatrice. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are here to talk about Iron Man 3, Electric Boogaloo, and... Let's dive right in. This movie is so underappreciated and it makes me really upset. It might be the third Agreed. best Christmas movie ever made. It's so great. What's your first? Obviously first? Die Hard and then Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a great crossover. Uh, you got to make room in there for Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon is a great Christmas yeah, film. It, it goes is. Die Hard, Iron Man 3, Lethal Weapon. Christmas mm. movies. Hmm. Dubious. So anyway, uh, this takes place after Avengers mm-hmm. and is pretty much one long shot of Tony Stark dealing with insane amounts of PTSD. Correct. I think it's, I think part of the reason why I like it so much is because it really shows us the aftermath of the big fight. Like all the superhero movies have, you know, the big climactic fight sequence and none of them is bigger or more climactic than the fight scene in Avengers. Mm -hmm. That really is the culmination of phase one, that everything has been leading up to that. And we never really get to see what happens after the film You know, like, we had the big fight scene, the heroes win, and then we get the, like, two weeks later when everything is fine and everybody has taken a shower and patched up. And we're like, cool, we won, yay, hooray, kiss the girl, move on. And this really shows how much that stuff will fuck you right up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I'm still vaguely recovering because I, I don't know how, but I always forget how great this film is. And then we watch it and I'm like, oh my god, this thing. Because it's basically a movie about... The thing, like she just said, it's the, the thing we never get to see is how do you go about relearning how to live a life after something this traumatic? You know, people always just seem to shake it off in films. Mm-hmm. Or you just don't get to see them recover. And this whole film is just how the way that Tony copes is a terrible way to cope. Where he ignores it, he fights through it, and then he just keeps moving forward. And there's no moment when he stops and kind of goes, this shit happened to me. Yeah. And so this movie is about... It's about the way in which he handles it throughout, which is basically he just keeps moving. But there are moments where he does kind of open up and he shares, like, this shit went bad and I'm still trying to, like, deal. Yeah, I mean, as much as that fight was tough for everybody in it, it was the worst for Tony, I would think, because he had to fly that nuclear portal. Oh, yeah, he assumed he was going to die, though. He's like, I'm doing this thing. I am sacrificing myself for New York. Everyone else had the risk of dying. He made Mm -hmm. the active choice of, I, I am doing this die. thing, and I will die because yeah, of it. There's no coming back from this, and I just have to be okay with it. So it's hard. That's what this movie is about, is you thought you were going to die, you accepted you were going to die, and then you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how do, you, how do you function after that? Also, legit, I, we have a hard... We talk a lot about villains, because it's hard to write a good villain, and a good movie hinges, unfortunately, on the villain. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like this villain. I like... I like what this movie is saying about terrorism and homegrown terrorism and domestic terrorism and 
Um, I think that it was a good way to get away from what the Mandarin was when he was first invest- invented, mm-hmm. which was this highly racist caricature oh, yeah. With the super of an long, old Asian man. Oh, yeah. Super long fingernails and the Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah. Just and I'm like sure they really... wrote in a terrible accent to his oh, yeah. speech bubbles and stuff. And so Just the, really I- the idea that it's literally an, an American CEO going, I want to control both sides of the war on terror. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invent someone for people to hate while making money off of my own bombings is such an interesting and better way of doing it than, oh, this is an actual real terrorist. Yeah, because it makes it makes so much sense to me in the, in the culture that we're in right now that, I mean, yeah, obviously there are actual terrorists, but most of them are, like, he, he, named, he name checks Bin Laden and Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. And... Most of them don't really have the resources or a footing here. In yeah, mm-hmm. in order to, to bomb the the way that they are, and as much yeah. as you know, I don't want to get too like off the Political. boat, but, but like as much as a lot of our media and a lot of the way that is is cultured in which to make us afraid of you know people from Iraq and Afghanistan bombing us. Most of the time, it's white people. Ninety nine. <laughs> there was the one time. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, it's just been mostly what it's all white well, people. And if you, you know, if you look at like the previous attacks on the Trade Center, the fucking Unabomber, Timothy McVeigh at the Federal Building in Oklahoma City, almost always the big ones that kill the most Americans are almost always other Americans. Mm-hmm. And so it felt so much more real and pertinent to to have to have the real bad guy be a rich white dude, mm-hmm. and also to have him place the blame on what seems to be a person who looks like Bin Laden. Right. You know, in order to try to... Shift blame, as we are experiencing now in this country, shift blame onto brown people. Yeah, to, as a way to, to capitalize on how on our already apparent racism. Yeah. To say, oh yeah, things are blowing up, blame that brown guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, when the movie came out, I think hardcore OG Iron Man fans hated it. Mm-hmm. Our friend Mitch was not a fan because he is a big Iron Man guy mm-hmm. and he, Mandarin is one of Iron Man's biggest um, nemesis. Thank you. And Nemesi? yeah, I think Bad now guess. two Rogue. years or three <laughs> years later, it's so much more applicable to what we're living in um, that five, five, five years. years Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's, it's almost a prophetic film at this point. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I loved, I loved the way they chose to change up this villain a lot. And I thought it was prophetic and really applicable. Also, man, what a fucking twist. Yeah. Like, watching it the Trevor, first time, yeah. I was just like, I'm sorry, what? I know. <laughs> like, it was Tony's face. Tony's like, what the shit is happening right now? Yeah. And that was every single one of us in that theater. He's so going, confused. What? One of my favorite lines is when he points the gun at Trevor and goes, you got a minute to live. Fill it with words. Yes. Because yeah. he's, he's on the edge of his own fucking rope and he feels like he finally got to this guy and yeah. he's going to get his cool, answers. Cool, cool, I did it. Right. And it turns oh, out it's a it. drunken, drugged up moron. And like, what? It was great. It was yeah, great. That was a great reveal. What a turn to, what is that actor's name? I couldn't remember. All ben day. Kingsley. Ben King. What a fucking joy Ben Kingsley is. Yeah. Where he was like, yeah, I'll play this idiot, dude. No worries. <laughs> well, I panicked. And then, and then I fixed it. <laughs> or then I handled it. Then I handled it. I remember we came out of this movie with so many one-liners. Trevor, Trevor Slattery. Also, I, this is completely not related to that, but I keep forgetting how financially successful this movie was. Yeah, like it's, it did well. Yeah, it's Avengers, 
Ultron this for MCU. It, it has Avengers in the title. I understand. It's got everybody. And it's 13 highest grossing film ever. That makes wow. me feel better because legit, I remember coming out of this movie and having to fight with people about how it was a good film. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people came out of it expecting Iron Man or Iron Man 2 where it's about the suits and how cool Tony Stark is. And this movie has almost no real time in a suit for like a long period of time because this movie is about the line at the end of Iron Man 1 is I am Iron Man. And I think we and Tony lose himself in his suits, especially after the battle, because Mm -hmm. he builds 42 versions because he has a suit for every single thing that could go Mm -hmm. wrong. And that that's a sign of his own neurosis after the after the battle of like, I need to be prepared for anything because anything could happen and I almost died. And so the whole point of this movie is the suits are nothing without Tony. It's not Tony is nothing without the suit. And so this movie reminds us and reminds Tony, he's a mechanic. He's an engineer. He can build anything. He is Iron Man, not the suit. And I just, Mm -hmm. I love that so much as a person who enjoys Tony Stark, the character. Yeah. And you really see that when his suit's recharging off a a 120 outlet. Yeah. And he's like, okay, time to go shopping. (laughs) And just builds the most jury-rigged piece of shit suit that gets shit done. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Loved it. He has that, like, mitten hand that electrocutes people. And he made, like, water bottle, like, explodey bombs. I think that was so much fun, too, because I think we all forgot Tony is an inventor. Mm -hmm. He forgot he's an inventor. You know, he relies so much on Jarvis and the suits and everything. And, you know, obviously he knows he is because he built 42, but... It was just nice to see him get back to his roots. Yeah. Well, and it felt it felt so real to me when he talks when um, Pepper calls them a distraction, which I think is both true and not true. That it's it's not a distraction from her or a distraction from anything else. It's a distraction for himself because when he's building another suit, he doesn't have to think about why he's building the suit. Mm-hmm. I legitimately think that's what she meant. I don't think a distraction from her or from their life together. Mm-hmm. Pepper knows he's not sleeping. Pepper yeah. knows he's not talking about it because who would he talk to? Her. And yeah. he hasn't. So I legit, watching it again, I think Pepper was saying a distraction from going over what happened to you and talking about your PTSD. Mm-hmm. And she just never says that out loud. Yeah, well, because it feels so accurate to me as somebody who struggles with anxiety that I know that if I have to go into a situation where I'm not sure what's going to happen, I'll, a lot of times I'll think through and try to come up with plans and, and, scenarios. and scenarios where I think to myself, if I can be prepared for every single thing that could happen, then I'll be ready and I don't have to be scared. But if I, but if something does happen that throws you off your game that you weren't expecting, it makes you completely freeze and freak out, mm-hmm. which I feel like is exactly where he's at because he had to fly a nuke into a hole in the ceiling. Like, how was he ever supposed to come up, be prepared for that? Yeah, that's sort of outside your day-to-day wheelhouse. Yeah, so he so he thinks, okay, if I can make an Iron Man suit for any conceivable action, then I'll be safe, and I won't have to do, I won't have to feel that way again. But you just can't. Except the human mind is very inventive, and I'm sure he hit 42, and if he had kept going, he could have hit 84. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no end to what could go wrong in your life. And it's just... Everything that happened in this movie was important to the the character development of Tony Stark. And I love how much of that we got in a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and then and then we get the part where, where Happy gets hurt, and then Tony threatens a terrorist on national television. Oh, my God, Tony. That was that was a real bad plan. It's like, that's not a good plan. That was, that was basically Karen Page from The Punisher cranked up to, like, 14. <laughs> 
he gets emotional when the people he loves best are in danger. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And Tony's been with him since forever. I mean, Happy's Happy. been with him since forever. Yeah. And, like, legit, we got that great scene after when he's working with Jarvis on figuring out the crime scene. And we get to see, I love all his holodeck stuff where, you know, he can open up a thing and look at this and look at that. I just really like that. And the idea that Robert Downey Jr. is working in a room with none of it. And he's mm-hmm. just making up his own hand signals. And then they talk about later, like, what were you doing so we can build it? Yeah, let us now build this world around you. Yeah. And it's just, it was great. I don't know. And there was a lot of really good interpersonal stuff when um, Maya shows up at the house and like makes fun of him for the bunny and he's like yes it's normal calm down about it meanwhile he's fighting with Pepper about how it's not normal and she hates it mm-hmm. it was really nice it was a giant bunny that's way too with big weirdly was... huge boobs also those were its hands it's paws it just looks those like boobies paws they're paws they're paws oh man I have not known that for the past five years <laughs> it's paws you... you think it had like two three I, nipples that's what, I just thought it was super weird because it just it's this rabbit with giant tits and I'm like <laughs> those are, those why are would paws. you get that for someone <laughs> Merry Christmas I got you a bunny with big old titties um, Hold on, I'm, I'm. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about. Stuff. <laughs> I really like his new suit, where Jarvis mm-hmm. is once again telling him to slow down, and yes. he's once again telling Man, Jarvis, those look like "No, no, boobs. it's going to be fine. We're going to do this thing." And he has a new suit. Stop looking at the rabbit titties. I, I can't. I can't <laughs> stop. Don't shut that. That's um, recording. But he's doing. He's built a new suit that he can call and direct with hand motions, and I think mm-hmm. it's the. Watching the evolution of the suits is so fascinating. Yeah, the Mark 42 really feels like the the successor to the suitcase suit. Yeah. That something that's more mobile because he he's a squishy human yeah. and he can't and the the re- regular suit weighs like as much as a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not extremely portable, but that thing can come to him. Yeah, he calls. can c- get it whenever he needs it. And um I think one of the greatest moments is when the missile thanks Jarvis comes out of apparently nowhere. And hits the house, and they both get all three of them get blown up. And he uses his hand motions to put the suit on Pepper. That was so sick. So that Pepper will be safe. Mm -hmm. And like coming off of the 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 conversation they finally had, where she's like mad at him, and he goes, "Okay, fine." And he tells her, "You know what's going on." And they have that really great couple relationship dependent moment. Mm -hmm. And then right after, what it feels like right after, Pepper's in danger, and he sacrifices his own body basically to protect her and. That's just really great, and I like the idea that Pepper knows how to work in the suits, so she's been in them before. Mm-hmm. There's no weirdness for her for grabbing um, Maya and getting out of there. Like, she can't really work the repulsor, but I think that's more just 42 is, like, it's not done yet. Well, I'm sure, like, flying with the repulsors takes a lot more practice well, than just Well, she was trying your... to shoot the door, and she couldn't get it to, like, shoot. Mm, but okay. I think, I literally think it's because it wasn't yeah. a full suit yet. Yeah, he yeah. was still, like, what did, he, what did Jarvis call it? Prototype. A prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was really great. I don't know. I liked it. And then when she saves him, when the building comes down, and there's that moment where he's under the Iron Man suit, and I was like, oh, Oof. no. I, that's keys. Yeah. That's, basically, that's like, a sexy this, moment. This is awoken something in me. <laughs> I really liked the first time the suit was zipping onto him. And one, like, it, it kicked him in the wiener. Well, that was that's just funny. funny. That was such a fun scene because yeah. he's talking about how he hasn't slept in 72 hours. He's weirdly like fighting the camera <laughs> like yeah. a 12-year-old. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, drop a beat. Like he's just being ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my God, and dancing. And dancing. And he like, he like lands. He does the dumb three Well, because he like has to flip upside to down so the mask so hits like him. Showing and then three-point lands. For literally no one. Just no one is in here. And he goes, I'm the 
best. And then gets knocked out by a piece of his own. Look, <laughs> dummy appreciates him. So. I'm saying like he is such a fucking nerd, and he tries mm-hmm. to be so cool all the time. But he's just a walking idiot, and I love him so yeah, much. Yeah, he's, he's a great. pipe and hot mess. He is a pipe. Oh and yeah, hot mess. especially in this movie. Oh yeah, it's oh. real bad. That's it's so it's so heartbreaking to me though when he's he's having that lunch with Rhodey. And uh, yeah, another great character interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. moment. Well, and then he freaks out because the kids mentioned New York, and he has to leave. And he thinks he's having a heart attack, or thinks he's having a. He's stroke. like, oh, heart, man, he yeah. goes, "Check the heart, check the brain. Was I poisoned?" And Jarvis is like, "Nah, man, you're just freaking out. Yeah. You had a panic attack, buddy." I like how there's like that that three count of him just being like shocked, and he goes, "Me? Like, <laughs> I'm Tony Stark. I don't have anxiety." Mm-hmm. I'm like Tony. It's been five years. Are you doing a lot of shit? It'd be fine if you had a little anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before, when all you had to worry about was, you know, your hangovers and whether or not you were going to catch the clap. Awkward, awkward articles about how you're a warmonger. Like, that's fine. Now you you almost die. You got. You fight aliens. You got tortured in a cave. You're friends with a giant Hulk. Yeah. But yeah, that moment with Rhodey, because like you can tell that they are best friends and they share information, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rhodey can trust. Rhodey knows he can trust Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, he can tell him stuff, and he knows that's as far as it right. goes. Right, and Tony will do something dumb and take care of it, but like at least he's helping. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot, and I just like that. There's a lot of just little like tiny things I enjoyed too, where he parked the suit outside that restaurant like it was a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, like Iron Man suit just sitting out there yes. waiting for him to come back. I'm like Tony, you couldn't have driven a car. Like, what's wrong with you? No. Well, and at this point, I don't think he could have because he would have been too far from his suit if he did that. Actually, that's actually I never that's a good thought point. of that. Get it? That's a good point. He's unwilling because of his anxiety to be far from his own protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, that makes. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about how when he's he's driving the car and he's talking to to Harley while the suit's supposed to recharge, and Harley tells him that it's it, not well, ready. It's not that it's not charging, mm-hmm. and he has to immediately pull over. And I think part of that is what you're talking about—that the idea that the suit won't charge. You know, how am I supposed to do anything? Right. How can I continue if I don't have that between me and the world? Mm-hmm. Which is just also shout out to that kid because I normally hate kids in he was a fucking delight you know everything. why because they're both little shits yeah <laughs> they are shit birds <laughs> oh, no, that kid was a delight you're just gonna leave me like my dad <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so cool <laughs> oh, do you know how you? I know because we're connected <laughs> I love the two of them yeah and I love that it took this inquisitive little kid who doesn't care about Tony Stark's feelings because he has no emotional resonation with this man mm-hmm. to kind of get Tony to a point where he recognizes he has anxiety yeah because that's he the just first keeps time poking that's the first time it. he says it out loud because he yeah. fought it at first and the kid just keeps poking and he's like I have anxiety and I'm having some problems he's like oh should you be on meds and he's like probably are you no like it was just a really great moment where he finally was able to like accept the idea that he does actually need some help and mm-hmm. he needs to figure out a way through this and so oh, and then the car part where he goes oh god not again and then harley has to kind of talk him through like breathing and stuff just by being there and being kind of annoying in his ear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it's finally like didn't you say you were an engineer fucking build something and he's like oh oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. a good idea i can build some shit i'm tony stark and then we get, like, I love that we got Tony Rhodey fighting together, too. I just love that a lot, where, like, Rhodey is so fucking competent, it is crazy. Okay, yeah. so 
Rhodey gets like tricked and taken or whatever and he's in that suit and he literally says to the bad lady he's like you can have this suit over my cold dead body and she goes that's the plan or whatever and then they have him like strung up and he won't come out and they can't get into it because it's an Iron Man suit Mm -hmm. and um, the bad guy starts heating it up and Rhodey's just in there cooking he's just ready to die inside that suit if it means these guys won't get it and there's a moment where the suit starts dinging like the suit's all you're gonna die I have to get you out and he's like, do not open. Do not open. Because Rhodey is military. He's oh, yeah. here to finish a mission. He knows you do not give up intel or whatever to the bad guys. Oh, my God. To have to hand over this suit to Mm-mm. these guys? No. Yeah. So I just love that about him, that he is committed. And he's yeah. like, absolute fuck. I will cook to death like a turkey in this fucking suit. You are not getting it. And then as soon as the suit kicks him out, basically, like, he's out. Jump punch! Jump punching. Yes. Jump punch. And then fucking Killian can, like, breathe fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you can. Oh, you can breathe you can fire. fire. Okay. Okay. Also, I love. That was such a weird, like, it was really cool, but it's the only time it came up, too. And mm-hmm. eh, it's fine. it I'm was fine a weird it. one-off. I think he was showing off. He was just showing up. I guess. Maybe it's not really a thing that's in his repertoire. Maybe it's really hard or like he has to be like in a moment. You mm-hmm. know? Well, because it seems like it's it's dangerous because they don't really know how to control it. So maybe you have to get to a certain heat level in order to be able to breathe fire. And that's when you're in like the red zone. And so mm-hmm. maybe you can't you can't. It's hard to pull it yeah, back. He did from have there. to take like a couple big deep breaths after. Mm hmm. Anyway, Rhodey, you know, we see some Rhodey in the first one. We mm-hmm. see a little bit more Rhodey in the second one. But I like that this one is also showing Rhodey's good in the suit, but Rhodey's also a trained military yeah, Air Force commander. Yeah, he's just like, good all the time. He's he's on point. And so when the two of them are, like, getting into the ship and Tony's just wandering around with that gun and, like, Rhodey's, like, together and he goes, is your gun up? And Tony, like, brings his gun up and goes, yep, <laughs> definitely, it's been up this whole time. Like, yeah, Tony Tony knows how to use weapons, but Tony isn't trained like a military no, operative. He's not yeah. trained at all. He doesn't know how to infiltrate. Well, plus he uses weird weapons. Yeah. Not, he's not great your, with a pulser, yeah. but, like, <laughs> not when conventional. does he ever build a gun? I mean, he makes guns. He knows how to use a gun. I mean, I... I don't think that's true. Yeah, I, I make farts. I don't, think I don't goes, know how to hold a fart. I don't think he goes to ranges Science. and shoots guns. I think he builds them, and he designs them, and he watches them get tested. I mean, he, he used guns when, um, in the late back half of this movie, when he... Not not when he's with Rhodey, but when he is in the, the compound, right? And he, he has, like, the... Wait, one. I think we talked about this, like, the first time we saw this movie, yeah. where he pretends to be worse at weapons to kind of, like... I don't know, relax Rhodey or not let Rhodey that he's as good. It's, it's a little it's a little weird for me because like they establish in like there's a bunch of deleted scenes from the first one where you see how he knows his way around a gun. Mm-hmm. And so and I feel like we see him in this one when he's got the one repulsor and the one boot, but mm-hmm. he also is using a gun. And I feel like you have to know if you're he not just not just manufactures them, but designs guns. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that you have to at least know how to operate one. Right, right, right. Um, though I'm assuming that Rhodey is better with them. And mm-hmm. that he just wrote, Tony doesn't know tactics. Well, maybe it's more of when Tony's on his own with the gun infiltrating um, the Mandarin or whatever, and in that fight too, mm-hmm. he knows he's the only one there, so he has to be good. But when Rhodey's there with a the gun, he can kind of relax a little because, like, Rhodey's here and I don't really have to have the gun. Yeah. Well, and also when he's in going into the compound, it's all, like, 
10 to 15 feet stuff where yeah. trying to shoot out that lamp that yeah. you know that's a couple hundred feet right. yeah that's that's sniper level stuff that was funny that was a great moment where it's like I was going for the glass you can't shoot a light bulb from here and Rody shoots it in one shot and it gives him that look and I'm like Rody. But also, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh god and when Rody shoots those uh, extremist guys and he he doesn't go for the headshot he goes for like the tight three the right tight over the three mm-hmm. grouping dang damn mm-hmm. also the moment I mean we're jumping all over in this film but uh, Rody escapes and then gets a call from Tony to come to the big house or whatever and Tony has the suit finally and he, he can't fly yet so Iron Man has to go down that staircase <laughs> I think so it's funny. one of the funniest things I've ever seen yeah <laughs> Iron Man, like werewolves, cannot operate staircases. No, they don't like stairs. Oh my god. Get get that stupid show out of here. <laughs> Alright, so I want to talk about the scene that I have had to fight with people the most about. Ooh, I'm ready. It's when he blows up all the suits. Okay. What scene were you thinking about? Oh, I, I don't I didn't even know what you were gonna talk oh. about. I just wanted to fight you, but I wait, where do I'm you stand on other it? people? Oh. Yeah, we've heard from a lot of people who, I, in my opinion, read this last scene wrong. Yeah. Who they think that what Tony's doing here is for Pepper. It's for his girlfriend who made him. Oh, fuck that. that. No, that that's he's, for himself. That he's, yeah, that he's blowing up all the suits for Pepper, and that means that he's not going to wear a suit at all ever again. No, that's him coming to terms with the fact that he can have a catch-all Iron Man suit that is mostly good for every situation because he has come to trust himself again and say, hey, I don't need this suit to be competent. I can get shit done, so I can just have my normal kick-ass suit. I don't... Oh, my God. Side. We, we have to sidebar. My favorite suit in this whole movie is the big, stupid silver one that, that holds, holds up it up. And then so... <laughs> tuk, 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 bop, 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 His name is Igor? How dare you? I love that scene. Can we go back to you being right about this? Yes, the you're very correct. Oh, well, so basically, <laughs> high five Kenneth. Woo! Because that's the argument we have had to have with people since this film came out and why it's a good one. Yeah. That scene is not about Pepper. Mm-mm. It's not about their relationship. He's not kowtowing to his girlfriend. No, He's... it's finishing the character arc of this entire movie of yeah. him yeah. coming to terms with his PTSD. It's, it's his PTSD and the idea that I can trust myself. I remember who I am. I do not need a suit, but I am better. Not better. I'm different and successful in the suit. Mm-hmm. So I only need one. I yeah, need I don't... one suit, a backup suit, and a new suit. And a Hulkbuster. Always a Hulkbuster. Sometimes yeah. you have to punch the Hulk. But that that I don't need. I don't want to talk about that. Movie. But I don't need 42 suits because 42 suits really doesn't make me feel any safer in reality. It right. doesn't. Right, and so it's just such it's such a great character moment. Like, Pe- and Pepper, Pepper is excited because it means Tony has hit a place where he feels better. Where yeah, he's and she knows what's stable. happening at that yeah. point oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's why she's happy, not because he's getting rid of his suits. Yeah. Well, and like the idea that he'd never have a suit again is just stupid. yeah. Come on, Ugh. we have yeah, to because... make that piece of shit Age of Ultron. Ugh. Because, but even then, even if we, it's not a complete say if we if we it's a complete it's. Piece of shit. I say if we could, if we view Iron Man three, we're, we're not going to let me shut talk. your face. <laughs> we view Iron Man three as the end of the story, and like even if we at this moment say there's nothing else that comes next, the last line of the film is still "I am Iron Man." Yeah, that there's nothing about this that tells me that he doesn't want to wear the suit yeah. anymore. It tells me that he realizes that what he was doing was unhealthy. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he wants to move away from that. He like he he says as he picks up the screwdriver and he picks up the kids. 
from where the house used to be. He went back for the robot. That made me so happy. Because of course he did. I cried. Because they're his it's friends. It's you and Butterfinger and Dummy, and he needs mm-hmm. them. Yeah, but he talks about how the suit was a cocoon, you know? And that he needs to figure out a way to out- exist outside of just being in the suit all the time, which mm-hmm. I thought was so healthy and great. Well, and like, no joke. Like, finding remembering who he is and that he can save himself is great, but also it's got to be helpful, too, that he's got extremists now and is very hard to kill. Mm-hmm. That also has to help with not having 47 suits. Where do Wait, you come do, down on that? Does he have extremists? Because he took the thing out of it. He took the arc reactor they out of his chest. He took the arc reactor out of his chest because he injected himself. He fixed extremists, so it was more stable. for. So Pepper has it in, a, in its stable form, and he gave it to himself so that they could have the surgery, get the shrapnel out, close up. Because the extremists also would heal the hole in his chest from the hmm. fucking arc reactor. Because otherwise you just have like, like a, a hole. plug yeah. in your chest. And then he threw his arc reactor in the ocean. Okay. And the huh. only way he would survive that is if he has extremists. I apparently just assumed he kind of had a big old dimple in his chest from now on. I, wow. Like we watched a different <laughs> Well, I, I just never got that extremist part from it. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. there is... Is that canonically stated? They at, at He no... has extremists in the, can- in the comics. Okay. But well, in, yeah, in the comics. In the MCU, they have, they have never stated at any point future that he has any of the extremist powers. Like, we've never seen him glow. Like, we've never seen well, him do any of that stuff. he's never replaced a limb. Yeah. But I haven't how, seen him breathe fire, how, so... Okay. Okay, but Pepper has it, and we've never seen her do any of those things. Well, sure. because we don't see her... Ever again. No, she's in um, Spider-Man. She's in Spider-Man Homecoming. She's at the end of Homecoming. Yeah. You don't breathe fire in a press release. (laughs) You don't know her life! (laughs) Yes. um, In in a lot of fandom stuff, Pepper has extremists and still has her fireball powers. But whether or not Tony's tweaking of it means that it took away all the fireball powers, we don't know that for sure. I mean, I would like to believe that Pepper could still light up. I think that would be awesome. If anything, I'm sure he kept the healing factor because then he doesn't have to worry about Pepper. That's very And true. it fixed the hole in his chest. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I, I, it's a little weird for me, but it is very Tony that he gave her a necklace made up from all the shrapnel they pulled out of his chest. Is that what it <laughs> the was? Necklace, the necklace that he gives her is all the shrapnel. And you know, at least like, it wasn't a vial of his blood. It's got no, a big, it's got like a big jewel on the bottom, but the rest of it, the pieces up here are all the shrapnel. Are you sure? Okay, the way they transition from the surgery scene oh, to the that shrapnel scene, to the necklace scene, it all right. Says That's to me, gross. <laughs> Tony. If I were Pepper, I'd throw that in the ocean. <laughs> I don't need your constant hanging death around my neck. I mean, there's part of it that could that could be considered to be romantic. Like, this was in my heart, and now I give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> this was in my heart, constantly on the verge of killing me. So I give it to you because you're the same. <laughs> what? That's weird. I hate it. I guess you just don't understand romance. Okay. It, that That's what that means, yes. So anyway, I really liked it. It was a lot it? of fun. Um... I I really like the whole the whole big fight scene at the end. I think is great. I love the use all the of different. All can the we suits. talk about all the different suits? I like the one that pops apart and, and then pops every back together. Part punches oh, somebody when, when Jarvis shows up and he just says, "Gentlemen." <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how how much Jarvis and Tony are like there for each other in mm-hmm. this movie. The way when when uh, when Tony gets knocked into the ocean. And he's buried under all that debris. And he can't get free. And Jarvis says, take a deep breath. And then he, like, takes the hand. And then pulls him up. And then, like, that was so cool. Well, and then 
when he ends up in Kentucky <laughs> because well, Jarvis, Jarvis Jarvis flew the suit until he woke up. Yeah. Like I love that too. And then runs out of power and Tony's just don't leave me, buddy. And I'm just like, that, that line in the theater killed yeah. me. Well, at, like, that, sorry. at that point, like, his house is blown up. Yep. His suit is functionally dead. Like, you don't really know if Jarvis and is he's coming in back. Tennessee. Like, mm-hmm. what is he going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, it's when they're fighting over, like, why? When he's like, you're in Roseville, Tennessee. And he's like, why? Well, I got to get back. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then, like, he, Jarvis is starting to cut out a little and he's not really there where Tony's like, why did we do this? And he goes, well, I filed a flight plan. And Tony's like, what the shit? And he, Jarvis makes enough of an effort to get him the suit open. So at least if Jarvis goes down, like Tony does say, open the suit, Jay. But like, I like that with his last breath or whatever, mm-hmm. Jarvis manages yeah, to Yeah, so Tony sure doesn't just Tony's die in free. that suit. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, I feel like Jarvis trusts that Tony is gonna keep the suit with him so they'll be together. Because, Legit, I anthropomorphize Jarvis a little because I read, and I just want robots to love me. But I think Jarvis is stressed out without Tony. Look, my fear of robots stems from the idea that they want to kill me instead of love me. You have come so far as a person. (laughs) No, I am so happy for you right now. It's all fault. Whatever. Oh, man. But, like, I, I ascribe to the idea that Jarvis and Tony are a partnership, and they're in their own relationship. Mm-hmm. And Jarvis cares for Tony as much as an AI can care for a person. Ew. And I think... AIs can care for people I'm just saying, as much as people can. Fine. I think that Jarvis didn't doesn't like it when Tony's not around. He doesn't mm-hmm. like when Tony's out of reach. When because Tony Tony's was his gone, best friend. Yeah, when Tony was gone for three months, I'm sure the reason they found him is because... I read this in a fanfic. Jarvis was fucking searching for him he Mm -hmm. had the entirety of the internet open to him for three months doing nothing else Mm -hmm. and so i like their relationship and i like that robert downey jr and the screenwriters of every film have embraced this idea that jarvis and tony are buddies and that they care about each other yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i like that too Mm. yeah so it feels like the two of them together i mean that as much as tony doesn't need the suits to be iron man I feel like he does need Jarvis. He needs Jarvis in his life. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that relationship is <laughs> how much Jarvis doesn't take him seriously. Yeah. Because all the people that Tony loves best don't take him seriously as anything. Like, yeah. they know he's a like idiot, nerd, fuck up. Like, um, in the very first scene when he's, like, being ridiculous and he everything falls apart around him and Jarvis goes, as always, sir, it's a joy to watch you work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jarvis is a a sarcastic AI? Yeah. yeah I was saying how... When Tony sends the Mark, like, uh, traps Killian in the Mark 42 and then tells Jarvis to blow it, I would have really liked a comment from Jarvis there before he blows it up, something just, like, with pleasure. Yeah. Because, yeah, fuck that guy. Because he, I'm sure Jarvis also doesn't like that guy. Oh, yeah. Because he hurt Pepper. Cause, and I think, yeah, I think Jarvis also cares about Pepper. And so it's got to be tough because he's yeah. locked in these things. He He can only be helpful as a voice or informative or, you know, preemptive strikes if he can and so Mm -hmm. it's got to be tough for him to not really be there Mm -hmm. i think when he like his tone jarvis's tone when he goes um the party protocol Mm -hmm. like he almost sounds excited because he gets to fly the other 40 suits oh yeah and fly all of them yeah and then when he shows up and he goes you know tony gives him a directive and he basically says yes sir but all the suits say it or something or whatever he says yeah Yeah. you know jarvis is excited oh so cool and that i love that we come to the, the the end, right? And this guy, fucking Killian, 
falls off the thing, and but then he comes out and he's all glowing, and I'm like, oh my god, can you just die already? And then he starts giving his big old villain monologue to Tony, and then Pepper just shows up and, and wails just clubs on him. Because legit, like that moment when she's hanging and in danger, and he's like, "You have to let go, and I will catch you." And then he fucking doesn't, oh. and she basically falls in fire and is dead. So rough. Like, what else could happen to Tony, and how does he just keep moving forward? Yeah. And so I love that out of nowhere, Tony doesn't end Killian. Pepper ends Killian. And Pepper does it utilizing Tony's tech and her own skill set. And it's just... Well, and uh, Killian's own crap that he pumped yeah, into her. Yeah, mm-hmm. like way to turn against this guy. And she's such an adorable little cutie too at the very end, which is like, oh my God, that was so violent. <laughs> and then she like she won't let Tony touch her because she's afraid of hurting him. Like Pepper is glorious and a gift and we should all be thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so good. And she's so good with him too. Like legit, he's got to be the most frustrating person. In oh the world man, state. yeah. Oh yeah. And she's got a handle on him too, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Oh, God, when she says, "Well, who's who's the pipe and hot mess now?" and he's like, "I'm pretty sure it's still me." Still me. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm so happy we kept her. I'm so happy they took their relationship seriously. I like where they are in each movie that they're different. They're at a different phase, mm-hmm. and in this movie, you can tell that they do truly love each other and they have affection and. You know, he fully trusts her. He doesn't necessarily, it takes him a little while to share because he's Tony Stark, but he will share with her. Mm -hmm. And I just, when he calls her honey, there's that point when she's like mad at him in the white suit and she's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to go to bed because you're weird. And he calls her honey and I'm just like, oh my God, it's just, it's nice. Yeah, he doesn't use a lot of, like, he uses affectionate, like, nicknames for people all the time. But he doesn't really do that a lot with Pepper. It's mostly yeah. just Pepper. Mm-hmm. So then he calls her honey that one time. And when she's trapped in the thing and he's reaching for her, he calls her baby. Yeah. And that just really gets Breaks to me. Breaks my heart. Love it. It's so sweet. So I love this film. I love, I, I love I love that Pepper was the one to beat the bad guy. Because yes. he was so gross about her, too. Oh, mm-hmm. and she he just called had her to, a like, trophy. Oh, she just had to sit there and, like, take it, kind of. Um. I have to say how glad I was that this film cut a subplot that they had intended to f- include in the film where the extremist that Killian used had like a sex pollen kind of a effect. pheromone thing. It was, it was basically like it would make Pepper fall in love with him. It was real super rapey. And I'm really glad they cut yeah, that shit that, out. There's no point to that. No. That's it's just dumb. to be gross. You can you can see a little bit of it left over yeah. in the way that she reacts to him. Like uh, when when he's leaving the building and she's outside the door standing. Yeah, and, and she's da- all and happy. Kisses her cheek and she kind of turns into it and then looks really confused. Mm-hmm. And then when pa- uh, Happy comes up and she's really discombobulated. Yeah. That's like a moment. Like you probably filmed that scene before they cut the Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And even then, you can just kind of go, the pheromone thing is still there. They just didn't overtly talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you still get that he's a rapey douche without yeah. having her to be a party, a party yeah. to it. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember whether they were supposed to actually have sex, but there was supposed to be some sort of through line of her being super attracted to him. Blatt. Which is really All right, gross. Whoever fought to get that out, I want to send them a basket of mini. Yeah, weapons. seriously. Can we send them a thank you letter? If it was, if it was, oh my God, if it was Gwyneth Paltrow, that's even better. Yeah. But whoever that was, gross. it's unnecessary for the film, too. Like, I already understand that this is a bad guy. Yeah, I already I understand that stuff. he's gross about Pepper. I don't need anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, she laid it down when she opened the door with Happy. She was like, oh, it's just going to be weird because, like, I used to work with him and he, like, hit on me all the time. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know yeah. about this dude. Yeah, you don't that have to establishes go any it right there. Yeah. 
Anyway, Kenneth, we've been talking a lot. It's a good movie. I like it. <laughs> is it it's got to be. Is it ratings time? Yes. This is going to be tough for me. I'm ready. I am very curious where y'all going to slot this in. Kenneth, why don't you go first this time? I will. Thank you. I, ooh, uh-oh. Can you give us where we are? Yes. We're seven in now. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. mine is Avengers, Iron Man, Thor 1, Cap 1, Hulk, Iron Man 2. Okay, so where would you... I am going to put this between, surprisingly for me, between Thor and Captain America. Because... So, Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 3, Captain America. Yes. For you, that makes sense. Previously, I would have put this above Thor, but I really enjoyed the rewatch on that, mm-hmm. so... I'm so happy, too, because you used to poo-poo Thor. Yes. I, I so can't even deny that. this is actually really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm glad. I'm growing as a person. Because I love Thor, and it was always so frustrating. That you were I, like, I think it's because I just... I really think I watched it once when it came out Maybe and just never rewatched mood. it. And mm-hmm. well, and but then all these other MCU movies came out that I really liked and I just kind of shoved it off in the back of my yeah. head. Mm-hmm. All right. So. What about, okay. So where's her list? Dan? Okay. Beatrice is Avengers, Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Iron Man 2 and poor sad Hulk. Okay. Mm, so I'm going to put this. Okay. So can you say that one more time from the top? Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man 2, poor Set Hulk. Oh, man. It's so tough because I like all these movies so much. Do you want to look at the list? Will that help? Um, no. I think I'm going to put this um, below Cap 1. Ooh. Bold choice. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely thought you were going to put this above Cap. Because she really likes Iron Man. Cap has Steve and Bucky. Yeah, it's true. And Bucky is. Uh, yeah, you've got that Bucky bump. We ride or die. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm ride or die Steve. She's ride or die Bucky. <laughs> okay, and for Monica, you are Avengers, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Iron Man 2, Hulk. Um, Slide. It's it's Avengers, Cap, Iron Man, Thor, or Iron Thor. Man? Okay, it's now slip it under Iron Man. Okay, so Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Thor. Yeah. Sorry, Thor. Sorry, Hulk. I feel so bad for I Hulk. I feel so bad because it was a good movie, but it's not the best. <laughs> it's fine. When we hit Avengers 2, it'll go right at the bottom. <laughs> right and Hulk won't right have to be at, yep. the at the bottom anymore. I'm telling you right now, Avengers 2 is going to be at the bottom of my list until the day I die. Makes me so happy for Ant-Man Man. and Doctor Strange. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I enjoyed Doctor Strange more than I ever thought I would. And the more I think about Ant-Man, the more I think when I rewatch, I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. I, You know I have a hate heart on for Hank Pym, I and know. it affects me. But that is not this Hank Pym, and you are letting that blind you. I know who I am as a person. Yeah. That's no. fine. So that is our show. We I'm will so be... uncomfortable with Cap 1 being under Avengers, and I get it, because like, when I watched Avengers, I was poisoned by the delight. Mm-hmm. But I want to reorder. I want Avengers under Cap 1. I Come want it on. on the record. Come on, let her let her rearrange. What does it hurt? Well, I want it. We'll I put want a pin it. in this. We'll talk about it through the week. All right. We'll get some listener feedback and see if uh, anyone else. Let me reorder my whole list. Thinks you Listeners should be able to do that. As if we have more than Megan, Fucking Nick and Jeanette, and they're gonna be on your side. <laughs> Megan, hit us up. Let us know what <laughs> Megan, you think. Be on our side. Megan, definitely for side me. with me on this. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back next week with another Legends Black Lightning. The last episode of Runaways, where I have been promised that they <laughs> will actually run away. Otherwise, the title makes no sense. I know, right? Just call them the sit-arounds. Whatever. 
uh, and episode 10 of Punisher. Mm -hmm. So thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Oh, and the movie for next week is... Thor 2, The Dark World. Thor 2. It's not as bad as you remember. I don't believe you. Except we saw Thor 3, so it's probably yeah, going to no, be worse it's, than what we remember. This might... Mm, false. Mm, I don't want to make predictions, but this might end up at the bottom. So what so. if we just watch the heist part of Thor 2 and like nothing <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> no, we, we do this for our fans. We yes. will watch the whole uh, thing. Fine. So thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Same BAM time, same POW channel. Let bam, me rewrite my list. <laughs> Garbage. No.